I'm not a big spiritual dreamer. Uh, but I had some serious dreams last night that I, that I woke up to. And uh, they were personal dreams to me and to my life and to my family that rocked me, warning me. And I knew it. I knew it wasn't what I ate last night. I, I knew it wasn't just a, a weird random dream. I knew it was a spiritual dream. How many knows just you just know sometimes that God is speaking to you? All right. You don't need an interpreter. You just know that was from God. One thing I noticed too, when I walked to the kitchen, I looked out the window and I saw the sun came up, even though Tennessee beat us, the sun still came up. I noticed that. I was like, look at God. Some of y'all was worried it wouldn't come up, y'all. Come on. Come on. You take it too serious, right? I've been there. I took it too serious. But how, how many would agree, lifelong college football fans, lifelong sports fans, lifelong any kind of fans of, of all the things that you look forward to in the fall and all this, you can still enjoy them, but it just doesn't seem the same. I'm going to tell you that if it, I don't, you don't have to agree with me, but I, I've talked to so many people that would just say, I still enjoy it. It's still awesome. I'm going to be a part of it. But in the world that I live in right now, and the priorities of the things that I got to be thinking about, that's really not real high. Okay? But God showed me that I was going to have to endure a little bit longer some very difficult things before I start seeing it turn. I didn't like it. But I received it. Because how many knows we ain't, we ain't been told by God that we're always going to like what He says to us. Can I talk to y'all this morning? Now I know we just come out of Elevate Week. And I've screamed to the top of my lungs. We've all screamed and danced. But sometimes you just got to talk. And I need to talk to you this morning about some stuff. So I woke up from that and I my wife had already got up and, and was in the restroom and I was... I just got up. It's very unusual for this to happen because I have, I'm a very linear person for those that know me. I'm a very ritualistic person. Okay? I've just got up, do this, do that, do that, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, sit down, sit down, sit down. Now I'm open to anything new. And it's like, I don't feel right if I don't do these pattern of things. And this is not a pattern normal of me. To get up and sit on the bed as my feet touch the ground and begin to write notes on my phone. But God said to me, if you do not write this now, if you go do your ritualistic thing that you're about to do to wake yourself up and do all the stuff that you're about to do to get ready for Sunday morning service, you will not remember all of what I'm telling you. So don't do nothing until I get through talking to you. So I sit down, I start typing all this, and as I type the last part of it, my wife come around and, and she said, what, what's going on? Because she knew, as simple as that was, that was out of my ritual. Is everything okay? I said, yes, everything's okay. I just had to type some things that God told me to type. I mean, the moment my eyes opened. And I'm going to read to you. Simply what I heard the Lord speak to me in an audible voice this morning as I was typing. 
And then I'm going to share some things with you this morning. I'm going to preach. Is that all right? Okay. Thank you, guys. You can take a break because I want you all to get it as well. I don't want you to be focused on nothing but listening to what your pastors say. I will read it exactly the way I got it. Winter is coming. The fall is here. He told me to put fall in quotation. The fall is here. Change is in the air. In the natural, it feels amazing. It looks amazing. It even smells amazing. The candles, the coffee, the different kinds of smells that come along with fall. Smells amazing. Looks amazing. My house is like a fall extravaganza. I love it. I love when my wife decorates the house. It looks amazing. It smells amazing. It feels amazing. You can actually go outside and not be drenched in sweat just checking the mail. You can sit on the porch in the middle of the day if, if you get an opportunity to do that and not die. There's a breeze. The trees are starting to change. The leaves are falling. I don't know if y'all are sentimental like me, but I love this time of the year. I love to be driving down a, a, a small, cozy road and the leaves just blow across the, the road. And Do y'all love that? I love that. I love when you just, you're not expecting it. You're just driving somewhere that you're not thinking about it. And you go over a ridge and you go around a curve, maybe up a little high. And you look out and you see just the trees are just beautiful. It just, what does it do to y'all? It just makes me go, wow, look at God. Right? Does it not make you think, how does people not believe in a God? But it's a trick. Winter is coming. And in the winter, things fall off. In the winter, things go from sunshiny to gray. In the winter, things become cold. In the winter, layers are needed. But this winter is different. Because when you hear me say winter is coming, we know it's coming in the natural, but I want you to know there is a spiritual winter coming. It is about to get very, very dark. You think it's already dark. It's dark, but it's about to get darker. It's a trick. You see things, you hear things, you're going to hear things as you get closer to the election. You're going to hear things after the election. You're, by the way, can I just tell you, everything you hear is a lie. Everything. Are you alive this morning? I'm telling you, I don't care what your Republican or your Democrat is telling you. They are lying to you. They are not telling you the truth or the big picture. They're only telling you what they think you need to know. 
to keep you under their thumb. They don't want you to know what's coming. They know what's coming. And guess what? They're taking care of their families. They're preparing for it. I'm not a conspiracy theorist preacher up here, but these are not conspiracy theorists. These are facts. Billionaires and millionaires all over this country and all over this world. It's not conspiracy. It is fact. Are moving underground. They're building bunkers. There are mountains that are being rooted out for people to live in. To sustain themselves for 10 and 15 and 20 years. There's entire greenery and entire gardens underground. This is a fact. And billionaires are moving their resources there. Why? They know something's coming. Well, so do we. So do we. But we act like we don't. But here's the difference, y'all, and I hate to tell you this. You ain't got enough money to live in those bunkers. Now, you might get the money. You might, something might happen. You might win the lottery and go buy you a bunker. But I can tell you something. For most of us, we ain't going to be able to get in that bunker. But can I tell you something? I don't want to be in that bunker. Because the people that are in that bunker don't want what I want. They don't want to go where I want to go. They don't believe what I believe. I'm taking ownership of this moment. I'm not running and hiding in a mountain. I'm not going to hide in a mountain. I'm going to stand up in the midst of darkness. And I'm going to speak to that darkness. I'm not running from the darkness. I'm not worried about a nuclear bomb. I'll be standing with my hands raised, speaking in tongues when the countdown happens. <laughs> if I know, if they tell me you got 30 minutes to live, I'm going to grab my babies. I'm going to grab my grandbabies. And I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to say, here we come, Jesus. Here we come. I'm not going to a bunker. Hiding under a bushel? No. If darkness is coming and winter is coming, somebody's going to need a light. But it's coming, it's real. What's this? Y'all heard somebody say the Bible says so. Here's the reality. Y'all know that. That should be enough. But can I, be, can I say something? And it ain't sacrilegious what I'm saying. You don't even need the Bible to tell you that now. All you need to do is open your eyes. Yeah, it's in here already. But even if you ain't a believer, I'm talking about people who are not believers are acknowledging what is happening. If you hadn't figured out that you were a pawn in the chess game of the elite yet, that you don't really matter to them, you never will. 
You think the president of the United States of America is actually in charge of this country? Do you still believe that? I know that's what we were all taught, but I'm not talking about Biden. I'm talking about any president. Do you really think the president of the United States is running this show? That's another sermon about this one. Whether he is or not, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean because I, I respect the office, but come on, y'all. He ain't running it. He running a whole lot of stuff. That's the truth. So here's the reality. If we all know it, we don't want to say it. I don't care if you voted for him or not, you know it. You don't want to admit it because you're scared if you admit it, you're scared that people might think you'd rather have had the one you didn't vote for which is just as stupid for that to be what you're worried about. Because it don't matter, it wouldn't matter who won last time, and it ain't going to matter who wins this time. Because what's coming is coming. You ain't hearing what I just said. What is coming is coming. The only difference between who's at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is what you get, the angle you get to hear about it on the news. It's still coming. I'm just as sick of people that hate Trump as I am of people that made Trump out to be God. Trump is not your savior. And got news for you too, he ain't your pastor. Watch this. <laughs> Neither is Biden. Biden ain't even your Sunday school teacher. Huh? I'm, I'm an equal opportunity offender this morning, y'all. I'm going to hit y'all. I'm trying to get your eyes off of thinking that man can save you from anything. The devil is going to steal and kill and destroy from a donkey just like he is from an elephant. I thought it'd be sweeter the week after Elevate. Now, I didn't finish telling you what I wrote this morning. And then I'm going to preach. And I, and I ain't worried about the time. Y'all keep telling me every time I talk to y'all, y'all keep telling me, you just obey God, Pastor, that's all we want. I know you're just talking preacher talk to me. I know. But look, all I can go by is what you said. Somebody shout, winter is coming. Now, I don't know anything about that show. I watched a couple of episodes of it. I was not into it. I did not watch the whole thing like some of y'all did. Became religious about it. The game of, is it game of Thrones, that was called. That's where I think it became popular, winter is coming. I really, to be honest with you, I have no idea what that means. I just heard that everybody said, the winter is coming. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming that means something bad. 
And I don't know. Don't start yelling it out. Is it dragons? Dragons? Is that what it is? Dragons are coming. I don't know. I have no idea. I know there's supposed to be dragons involved somewhere. But that ain't what God was trying to tell me. God was trying to use that popular term to illustrate to me this morning, to tell you this morning, the thing that if you do not have God in your life and the Holy Spirit leading your life, that you fear the most is coming. But if you have God in your life, you, you'll know it's coming. You'll still be concerned about it. You'll react to it, but it will not dominate you. Right? So here's what happened. I'm going to read it again real quick. The fall, the winter is coming. The fall is here. These are the bullets I wrote this morning. Changes in the air. It feels amazing. It looks amazing. It smells amazing. But it is a trick. Winter is coming. And the very next words after that is this. The next purge is coming. The next purge is upon us. In other words, we preach a lot about the remnant, but I'm going to shock you by what I'm about to say. This is not the remnant. Remnant is in this room. But this is not the last purge to get us to the remnant. The remnant is going to have to go through some hell. Come on, some of, some of y'all the other night when, when Bishop preached, where in the hell are you, God? Some of y'all so tore up about him saying, where in the hell are you? You couldn't get anything else that he said. Let me tell you something right now. You can agree or disagree with somebody saying, where in the hell are you, God, and making a play on that in, in, in preaching. But let me tell you something. You are much worse off if you judged a man of God that brought a word that was that incredible, that life-changing, than him. Because all he was trying to do is try to tell you, you and I both know we've all gone through hell and wondered where God was. So it's time for you to get off your religious couch. The next purge is coming. They're going to see some things that they ain't never seen. And I'm going to tell you something. Those that call themselves remnant and shout, I am remnant, will not be found in the remnant. Because in order for the remnant to be as strong as it needs to be and as powerful as it needs to be, it needs to be actually be the remnant. And you ain't been through persecution. We ain't been through persecution. Shutting down church for nine weeks, wearing a mask when you had to go in a place, dealing with whether you was going to get the jab or not. Oh, those are things that we should have been concerned about, but you know what? That ain't persecution. You ain't been dipped in tar and set on fire, nailed to a pole and put on fire to be a light post for somebody while they're having an orgy at your feet. That's what the early Christians had to go through. You haven't watched your pastor be strung out and, and have uh, four different horses tied to his body with a rope on each ankle and a rope on each wrist and watch the horses be slapped and jerk his arms and his legs off and stand there screaming, lay there screaming while both of his arms and legs are, are, are gone and, and his body is just bleeding out while he's screaming out to Jesus. So the early church had to watch happen to their pastors. You don't know persecution. 
And I'm not saying it's going to come to that, but I'm not saying that it's not. Will you be a part of the remnant if that comes? Well, bless God, that's in the tribulation period. Oh, it's definitely in the tribulation period, but the, the Bible doesn't say that we won't have to go through any tribulation. I just don't believe I'm going through the tribulation. Tribulation, the famous one. In fact, Jesus actually said, you will endure tribulation. He did say, you will, for my name's sake, be taken before governors and executed for my name. I watched a video this morning getting ready for church. Of a, of a Christian influencer that I followed. And he told the story of that nobody's talking about. Of a man, and I still ain't got down to what really happened. He's been in prison now. He was arrested and he's put in prison. He's been in prison now for six months in Florida, of all places, for preaching the gospel some, somewhere. And they will not let him have bond. And they will not even tell him why he's in there. He was able to release a video, not a video, an audio recording saying, will you please pray that they will at least tell my family why I'm even here. He's been in jail in Florida for six months. In Canada, there are multiple pastors that are still, watch this, in the equivalent of federal prison, not jail, prison for preaching during the pandemic. No other crime. Opening up their church and preaching. They came in, they arrested him. Some of you saw the videos. One guy, one of the pastors, left Canada, came to America and preached in America during the pandemic, and flew back home to Canada. They were waiting on him. He got off the plane. I have seen the video. As he walks off the plane, SWAT teams grab him, take him to the, to the pavement, put handcuffs on him and arrest him because when he came back to Canadian soil, he was a federal criminal, and his crime was is that he had preached the gospel and told people to go to church during the lockdown. These, these things are really happening already. Now what do you think is going to happen now that it appears that things are not as serious as they were and, and people are starting to take a little bit of their authority back? They're not going to want to give that up easily. So in case you didn't know it, here's, I'm, your, I'm your information guru because I, I'm, I'm here to tell you things that you would not hear otherwise. And here's the fact. Even though the president slipped up and said the pandemic is over, course you know if you followed that the very next day everybody surrounding him rolled it back and said well he didn't really mean the pandemic is over even though his words was the pandemic is over uh and now he's saying well i didn't really say that i didn't really say the pandemic is over and people are playing him saying i didn't really say the pandemic is over right next to the screen of him saying yeah the pandemic is over but here's what i'm trying to say is even though our president said that just this week the cdc and the president redeclared a COVID national emergency through the end of January. Why? Why? Because that gives them special powers that they don't normally get. They can still fire people for not taking the jab. They can still enforce mandates. They can still force things, even though no one is even talking about it anymore and people are trying to move on with their lives. 
They reinstituted it. Not saying that things are as bad as they were, but we don't want to get rid of this power. It's all about control. So, here's what I want to tell you, and I'm going to preach a little bit this morning. I got 35 minutes, so. Actually, we got to do announcements in office. I got about 30 minutes. So the next purge is coming. And here is what is happening. In the midst of this purge, in our nation, in the world, and you need to hear me say what I am saying to you. There is a great desire for the supernatural. More people are joining witchcraft than in the history of all of our lifetimes. I'm not talking about rebellion as a sin of witchcraft. I'm talking about sitting in a pentagram and talking to the dead witchcraft. Spells witchcraft. Many have dabbled with witchcraft. and Many are now going all in. I told my wife this morning, I'm not trying to be one of them guys. I'm not preaching against Halloween today. Although I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I could sit up here and tell you the origins of Halloween, and I could tell you that they are demonic. That's the bottom line. All right? But that, I'm not here to judge you whether your family does that or not. That's between you and God. I got, I got bigger fish to fry. But I will tell you that this Halloween season, there has been something shift. This October... I, I don't like using these words because I know what it makes me sound like, but, but this is all I can use to describe it. There is a portal, a window, a door that has been opened in the spirit realm this October like I have never felt. There is an invitation to witchcraft like I have never felt and I've never seen. Someone said, the devil's not even trying to hide anymore. And I said this, you know what, I've been saying that too, but here's what I think. I say the flip of that. I don't believe that he's not trying to hide anymore. I'm saying I don't think he can hide anymore. I think that he's been able to hide because the church has been playing church, but there is a small group of people who are hungry and crying out to God and are praying and fasting and seeking God and saying, God, open up our eyes, and we are seeing what he's been doing all along. And for those that are not pegged in the spirit realm, we just like, How, man, I tell you what, that devil's getting brave. While... Some are saying, no, he's not just getting brave. I'm just praying that you will finally begin to see what I've been seeing all along. Not that I'm better than you. That's not what I'm saying. So, I'm actually doing a video, and I want you all to make sure you all watch it. If you don't follow me, I don't know what's wrong with you. Why are you not following me on YouTube? Why, why are you not subscribed to my channel? What's wrong with you? I mean, how can, how can, I'm, I'm being real with y'all. How can you pray, God, let him be a voice, let him be a voice, and you don't even watch the videos that God's put on my heart to make. Okay, LarryRagon.tv, very easy to remember, LarryRagon.tv. Just say this, my pastor's on TV, his name is Larry Ragon. LarryRagon.tv, duh. YouTube is the modern TV. But there's some shows that I just did that's exposing some of this, but I'm doing a show, I'm working on it right now on witchcraft. It's going to go live Tuesday. I'm going to finish the editing tomorrow. 
that is unbelievable. The things that are happening. Vanessa Hutchins, Hudgens, the actress that was famous. Your kids will know her because she's the high school musical. She has gone all in in full witch. She has said publicly she is a witch. She is a full witch. She casts spells. She does it all. She talks to spirits. They talk to her. Inanimate objects follow her around the room. I have video of her saying all of this. I have video of her laughing about going to a cemetery with her best friend in a, in a new series that's coming out this fall between her and her friend that are going to go around and find the, the hot spots for spirit activity. They're going to find the places in America and the world which we would call open windows or portals where, they, where it's easier to talk to what they call ghosts. She, has a, she says that technology is available now called a spirit box. You can go buy it at witchcraft stores now. They're called spirit boxes. And they tune into the frequencies of an area. And she explains on one of the videos, she says you have to go to the cemetery and you have to go to rural cemeteries away from big cities so that there's no interference with the radio stations as much. And you turn these boxes on. And she said, me and my friend have video of us in our first episode. We go, we had heard, watch what she says. We had heard of this one spirit, this one ghost that was real funny and friendly. So we want to go talk to this funny and friendly ghost. So we go and we turn the spirit box on. She's just laughing. And she says, so all you can hear is static. She says she tunes it in to where they, the witches had told her to tune it into. And they say, hello, this is my friend Sam. We're here to talk to you. We heard that you like to talk a lot. Can you tell us? Tell me my name. She goes, Vanessa. She's on the Kelly Clarkson show telling this to Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson goes, freeze frame on her face. She's like, she's like, what? Yeah. So they laugh about it. And she goes, okay, well, that's cool. Is there anything else you need to tell us? No. They all laugh. You know what Kelly Clarkson says? How cool! I want one of them. I want to go talk to those ghosts too. Listen to what Vanessa Hudgens says, y'all. On this show, laughing and joking about it. For all the world to see. Crowd is clapping and laughing with her. At the end of the broadcast, she says, at the end of that segment, she says, now when we got up, we had to turn it off. And we had to look, listen, these are the words. You watch it, watch my show tomorrow, Tuesday. You'll see her say these exact words. She says, we know as witches, you have to put your hand out and tell them to stay. Because if you don't tell them to stay, they will follow you out of the cemetery for the rest of your life. And Kelly Clarkson says, so you can just tell a ghost to stay or follow you? She goes, yeah. She goes, well, if I was a ghost, I'd want to follow you. I'd want to be curious. I'd want to be nosy. I'd want to be in your all, all aspects of your life. If I had a ghost that could tell me things that were going on around me, I would like to know that. She goes, you don't want that. And she laughs about it. She goes, you don't want that. 
That's what she says. The Bible calls it a great falling away. That's why the Lord told me to put it in quotations. There is, winter is coming, and the fall is upon us. See, here's why God is raising up. Here's why God says in the last days, watch this, I'm going to blow your mind. You ready? You ready, church? It doesn't say in the last days, I will save people all over the world. Although we hope to God that the harvest is amazing. He says, here's what the last days is going to need. Some of y'all got it already. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. While some sons and daughters are becoming witches, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Are you hearing me? While old, some old men have opened up their hearts and their minds to accepting sickness and accepting death, your old men will dream dreams of how it used to be. While some young kids are buying into the lies of the world, your kids, my God, will see vision. You know what the witches are saying? We're buying into witchcraft because they can see things that they can't see on their own. They can hear things that they can't hear on their own. They can feel things. They can do things. They feel empowered that they could not on their own. Well, can I help you, Holy Ghost Church of the last day? Can I help you, Solid Rock Church? That is a counterfeit of everything that God promised us the Holy Ghost would be to us. You better watch your children. Because a lot of them shows that you think they're watching, they're so innocent. They're being programmed. And just because it didn't work on you, and now you're an adult, you feel okay, and you're a tongue talker. Let me tell you something. You didn't watch it in this environment. You didn't hear me. You didn't watch it. You didn't listen to it. You didn't sing that song. You didn't say that in this open demonic realm that we're in now. Oh, it was demonic then, but it wasn't what we're in now. Now you think, well, my God, I thought it was fun. It's part of my childhood. I want my child to experience it. Well, watch this. They're going to experience it, but they're not going to get it the way you got it. Because if we know we don't have much time, you better know the devil knows he don't have much time. He took his time with you. He took his time. He, he took his time with this nation. He, things that we're dealing with right now in 2022, he played the long game started back in the 50s and the 60s and waited and waited and waited. But my God, let me tell you something. The things that he's doing now, he's not doing them now in 2022 so that he, it can be experienced in 2060. He's doing it in 2022 because he Expects it to manifest in 23. You better come out of that stupid darkness that you're in and open your eyes. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, so y'all know I'm a preacher and give you a scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, can I tell you that means adult for you ladies as well. I put away 
Why are you so determined to make sure that your child experienced everything you experienced as a child? Because when you became an adult, you're supposed to put away childish things. I'm not saying that you can't let your kid experience some of the cool things you did. Watch some of the shows that you watched. But some of the things that you interpreted as a child. Have you not figured out your child is interpreting things differently than you did? You remember what you had to focus on when you was a kid? Mud pies. Scrapes on your knees because she's playing in the park. Playing school, playing army, building forts. When's the last time you saw your kids outside making a mud pie? When's the last time you saw your kids saying, see you tonight, Mom? And you just let them go all day long and have no idea where they were at like it was when I was a kid. I didn't do that with my children either. The thought of that scares me to death. But I would literally, I'll think about it now, and I'll like, my God, what was my mama thinking? Can, can any adults relate? I'm like, I would literally leave on a, during the summer in the morning with Delane and one of my friends, and she's literally thinking I'm over there in the woods building a fort. I'm on the other side of war. done rode my bicycle for 10 miles. I've done go swimming in the river. Come on. I've been went fishing at the river. I've been built a, are y'all hearing me? I've been playing Pac-Man and Jiffy Jack and Warrior for two hours. I come back home at night for dinner time. Mama just says, did you have a good day? I'm like, you have no idea how good it was. It was awesome. <laughs> but that's, that's the world we were processing. All we had was Saturday mornings and a bowl of cereal and cartoon. That's all we had. You don't, kids, you don't even know how awesome that was. I mean, it was awesome. Get up on Saturday morning. Find the absolute biggest bowl in the kitchen. Take the milk and the cereal box with you. Pull your chair up to the TV to where you're six inches away from the screen because you ain't got no remote. So you can lean over and change the channel. Oh! And just... Does anybody feel me? You don't understand. Now, y'all got it 24-7. You got entire channels. And we've turned those channels into babysitters. So that we can get things done around the house. We just turn it on. And we look at it and you say, oh, that's a, that's a good one. That's okay. And we don't check it again. But remember the garden. Remember it's always full circle. The serpent was more than any beast of the field. 
Quit putting your childhood on your, chi on your child. And understand that they are not processing it the way you were processing it. And you are not able to police it. See, back then, the only thing that ever got in my eyes and ears was what I saw right in front of me, was what I watched live on TV, most of the time with my mother in the room, or what I listened to on the local radio station going down the road. That's it. There was nothing else. There was no way for anybody to program you. And by the way, that devil of pornography that we dealt with, oh, we're not through with it. We're going to crush that thing in this house. Can I hear you? Can I get somebody to help? We, I know there's people in this room right now dealing with it. I want you to know in the name of Jesus, you don't have to deal with that mess. Back then, pornography existed. But your, your daddy had to have it. You had, to, you had to find it under a mattress. Are you hearing me? But you know what? A lot of adults got addicted to pornography from one page in a magazine. That's how powerful that devil is. But nowadays, all you got to do is just, you can, be in, you can be in church. I guarantee you in, in the history of this church, there's been people sitting in this building and looking at pornography. In the building. And every once in a while, just throwing a hand up. Because they're so bound by it and they don't think it's that big of a deal. This world is processing information differently. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. All I'm doing is reading the Bible to you. Now, witchcraft is prevalent in our world. You're about to begin to see it go to another level. I mean, I'm talking about you're about to hear of some very famous people, men and women, that are going to be emboldened to come out as witches. Because here's what here's what one video I probably won't show this video, but I, in my research I, I watched several people from around the world, different countries say the same thing. This is just within the last couple of years. And ladies, I, I say this with respect. I promise you, I mean this not to be detrimental. This is what they're saying. They're saying one of my greatest attractions to witchcraft it's this empowerment of women and feminism because it it gives power to the woman that they believe the culture has taken from them. Let me just tell you something. I'm going to tell you that's another trick of the devil because here's the reality. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And here's what's happened to the church. We have entire churches that have built entire doctrines around shutting women up because of one scripture that Paul said, let a woman, if she speaks in a church, be silent in the church. They took one scripture, built an entire doctrine around it, a Bible that is full of women preaching the gospel. Of which they, if they had the decency to even study scripture and call themselves a preacher, they would understand the culture of that day 
that would tell you that the women sit on one side, the men sit on the other side, and it was chaotic in the Corinthian church. They did not understand the gifts of the Spirit. They were very exuberant in their gifts of the Spirit, and they were prophesying to each other across. And, and the women, because they were not permitted to go to, to, to seminary and learn the Scriptures, had no idea of understanding of Scripture. They were meant to sit up there and just be quiet and listen because they were not given the permission to study. And when they would be, when Paul was preaching and people were preaching and the men were shouting revelation on their side, the women were shouting to their husbands, what does that mean? And the Bible says, listen to me, the Bible says, doesn't tell her to be silent and, and to be to be silent to every man in this church. In case you didn't figure it out right now, my wife is not submissive to any of you men. You don't, you don't, my wife is not submissive to any of you. You try to be dominant over my wife, if she don't shut you down first, I'm coming right behind her. I will tell you, back up, buddy. She ain't got to submit to nothing you say. I don't care, I don't care how big and bad of a man you are. Here's why, why I say that, because the Bible says, let her ask of her own husband. Wives, therefore submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Ephesians, are you hearing me? The only woman, this, the only man this woman has to submit herself to is me. I got news for you. The only reason your wife would have any submission towards me is only in a pastoral role, not as a man. And there's only a line that that even goes so far as your pastor. But the reason women are flocking to witchcraft is because the church has told the women they can't have any power. Well, I thank God I'm in a church. I thank God that I believe a doctrine in a Bible that says a woman of God can preach the gospel, that lay hands on the sick, can cast out devils. I wish I had some women of God that would make some noise in here that you are thankful. You don't need to be no witch to feel the supernatural power of God. You got a church that believes that God can use you I wish I had some men that was excited about women of God I just I just don't know pastor I just I just have a problem with women in authority now you got a problem with authority you just need to sit down and shut up Say this with me, church. We know why we are here. Well, you said it even whether you believed it or not. But out of your mouth, it's creative force and creative power. So now let me help you understand what you just said. Because if you don't understand who you are and why you're here, you will not be able to see the attack that's coming. Because this winter that's coming, and the fall that's coming, the Bible says it's so deceptive that it will deceive even the very elect. They will have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Everything that glitters is not gold. Everything that preaches is not a preacher. Am I preaching good? Ephesians chapter 4 says this, and he himself, he and him himself are capitalized. That's because they ain't talking about some generic guy. 
We're talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. My God, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the bright and morning star, the one that was and is and is to come, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The one that said it is finished. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. For, say it with me out loud, the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Let's go on. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Stop. Did you hear what you just said? Somebody shout again, I know why we are here. Let's read 14 out loud together. That we should no longer be. Do you see the theme of the New Testament? When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I acted like a child. I was a child. What else was I going to be? I was a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I put away childish, trivial things. I put away this spirit of offense that I was told all my life. Well, you sassy like your mama. Your grandmama was sassy. Your mama was sassy. Look at you, little sassy. And you know what? You became an adult. And you were shocked when you gave birth to a sassy daughter or a sassy boy. And you just said, well, it's just in our blood. We just, we just, you know what we do? We just plain talkers. We just tell it like it is. No, you're a jerk. You are a jerk. And you are, you are using a generational curse that was spoken over you for, to justify being a stinking jerk. I don't care how your mama was. When I was a child, I was with my mama. But when a, man, when a man finds a woman, he leaves his father and mother, and he cleaves into his wife, and the two shall become one. That don't mean I just move out. That means I'm not, I'm not there. I love my mama, love my dad, respect him. But I don't, watch this, I don't live under their house authority anymore. I got my own authority now. Look at that baby just said amen. Why won't y'all? Does that baby know? That baby like, yeah, yeah, you preach it. Tell him. Let's say it again. Verse 14 out loud. That we shall no longer be children. Stop. Keep it on the screen. Keep it on the screen. Why? Why do we need to move on from being children in our faith? Comma. Because if you are, this is what you will do. But when you become a man or a woman, this is what you will not do. Are you ready? That we should no longer, read it out loud, be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. What in the world do you think is happening? You are consistently being programmed. 
to be what they say they want you to be. But a man and a woman of God does not get their definition from the world. Huh? Give me something on that bass. Play that bass. Play that bass. Give me some rocket thing for me. Come on, come on, come on, come on. All right, now hold up, hold up. Who made this thing? Who made this thing? Fendi. Fendi. Oh, Mr. Fendi. I don't, I don't probably, Mr. Fendi probably ain't with us anymore. Who, who, how, who am I to assume it's not a Miss Fendi? Could have been a Miss Fendi. I have no idea. Could have been a Mr. and Mrs. Fendi that made, made the cut. But here's the reality. If somehow this squire jazz bass by Fendi could talk, if somehow I could have a conversation with this bass. And don't it sound good when Fifi's got her fingers on it playing that thing? I especially like it when she gets excited and slaps it a little bit. That's just, I'm like, okay, okay, I, I hear you, sister. I hear you, queen. Come on, queen. And I was to say, I'm assuming it's, it's a lady. You're, okay, all right, lady. Okay. Miss Squire. Miss Squire, you sound so good. Now, what you got? Ovation. Oh, ovation. She got an ovation. That's a nice guitar. Give me some on them strings right there, Mr. Don, Mr. Dude. I want to sing a John Denver song right now. Okay. All right. Only a few people will get that. <laughs> now, now watch this. Hey, Miss Squire, you play so good. I, I want to know a little bit about you. I want to know a little bit about what makes you work. Hey, Mr. Ovation, can you tell me about Miss Squire? About what she's capable of, what her destiny is, and what she can really do. Now you gotta understand something. Ovation is proud of ovation. Ovation may know a little bit about Miss Squire, but ovation only makes ovation. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. And nobody in the ovation factory making a squire. If I want to know about what kind of wood that is, if I want to know what um, millimeter those strings are, if I want to know how you put that pickup in there that, that sends a beautiful sound to those speakers, I would not go to the ovation plant for them to tell me everything I need to know about how a Squire Fender bass works. The only way you're going to know everything about them, if you're doing a documentary on Fender bass guitars, you don't send your camera crew to the ovation plant. 
You show up with your cameras at the headquarters of Fender and you interview everybody. And I'm sure they got pictures on the wall of Mr. and Miss Fender. And they tell you the history and they'll take you into the factory and they'll show you the wood before it ever becomes a base. They'll show, oh, y'all ain't hearing me. They can tell you every, they got people that work there that can put one of them things together blindfolded. Amen. Why? Because the vision of Fender bass guitars is in the house of Fender. Y'all getting where I'm going? Then why in the world? Would we let Disney and Paramount and NBC and Fox and CNN try to tell us who we are? Try to tell us what we're capable of? Are you not sick of these artists, these TikTok influencers that don't know nothing about God trying to tell you, hey, trying to mold your children, trying to tell your children they have mental illness, trying to tell their, your children they don't know what gender they are, trying to tell your children they need to experiment with their sexuality to find out who they really are? Are you not sick and tired of the of the ovation plan trying to tell your Fender bass guitar how it operates? Are you not ready to stand up to the devil and say, let me tell you something. You get your hands off my children. You get your hands off my grandbabies. You get out of my house. Sit down for a minute. Because listen to me, because if you don't, it ain't going to be long. Your children are going to come back to you and ask you why you didn't. Do you know that the most conservative studies, the most conservative studies, and if we know this number, it's probably way lower than the actual number. 35% of people who had the surgery to transition from one gender to the next, openly state they regret it and wish they could go back. But they can't. 35%. When you hear about the suicides that people, the transgender people that are committing, it's the 75% or more, every study that I've seen, has nothing to do with bullying, has nothing to do with anything that anyone has ever said to them. It is the depression of what they see when they look in the mirror because of who they really know that they are on the inside and they want to end their lives because they are still they are now more confused about themselves than they were before because they thought if I bought into the lie I'll just do this I'll be fixed but the problem had nothing to do with that it's a sin problem it's just, it's all of our problem I mean sin is not just sexual there's, there's just billions of sins. At least millions. So what I'm trying to say is put that scripture back up there and I'm going to come to a close. I had a lot more to say, but I'm not going to say it because I feel led to go in this direction. That we should no longer be children. Tossed to and fro. How, how many how many's ever had a child? Raise your hand. Okay. How many, how many right now has a small child Let's say four or five are younger. Raise your hand. How about you're like me? You got a grandbaby. That's about like that. All right. So I don't have a child that's three, but she lives with me. So it's basically the same thing. Only thing that's cool about it is at some point I can look at her and say, you know what? I don't know. Go ask your dad. Go ask your mom. She's, they're right down the hallway. But how many knows? You better not lock in that they're a certain way 
when they're two years old. Because by the time they get three, they're like, you're like, who is this child? And then something happens a little bit after three. 30 seconds later. That's a good point. Somebody said, yeah, 30 seconds later. It don't even take a year. 30 seconds later, you're like, what? What, what just happened to my child? It's in us, even as a child. So one day, Harper would probably be mad at her papa for telling the story. But right now, she'll think it's cool that I talked about it in big church. So her thing is, you know, when she was potty training and all this, is that she needed help. She wanted somebody to go in there and make sure she was okay. Did everything, because, you know, she'd had a few accidents. She wanted to make sure everything was okay. So whoever's in the room, whoever she could lay eyes on when it was time to go, Nana, time to go potty, Nana! Papa! Mommy, Daddy! Somebody help. So, watch this. You just get used to it. You just, in your mind, you forget the fact that this little three-year-old girl is going to one day grow up just like her mama did. And in your mind, you're just thinking, okay, everything that I've learned about her rituals, that's who she is. And then this happens. Yesterday. Papa, Papa! Got a party! Got a party, got a party. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. Got in the room, got her situated, and she looked at me. She said, I promise you, I promise you this is the way she said it, and this is what she said. She goes, now, Papa, you leave. And I went, excuse me? I have now, I have now accepted the fact that this is what I do. I am the papa. I stay here. I make sure my bunny rabbit's okay. And something rose up in there and she goes, Papa, I need you to leave. And I said, okay, okay. So I just sort of slid in. Door's still open. So you go on the other side of the wall. She goes, Papa, go in your office. I promise you this will happen. <laughs> Lizzie and Alex are going to kill me for telling this story. They're going to literally murder me. Go in your office. I said, okay. And I promise you, y'all, I am not exaggerating. <laughs> Sandy knows something I <laughs> This happened. I'm making sure she can hear me going into my office. She yells from the bathroom. And bring me my Bible. I need something to read. <laughs> I promise to God that's what she said. <laughs> I was like, what? She said, I need my Bible. I said, well, where is it? She said, it's on my table. So I go in my office, and she's got this little thing that her mama has made her out of paper about this big, bunch of pages stapled together with a bunch of writings in there because she can't read yet, obviously. And, and in her mind, these are the stories of the Bible and the Scripture. So I brought her back in and I said, got your Bible. I gave it to her. She took her Bible and she opened it up and she goes, 
Now go to your office. And when I walked to my office, I was like, I walked in, I was standing in my office, I was like, well, my role just changed. Everything is different now. And I remember, that's what a child is. A child's impressionable. But we want that child to grow up. We don't really want, we'll say we don't want them to, but we don't want a 25-year-old son or daughter going, Daddy, I need to go potty. Right? We want them to be able to handle that. Son, there's going to be times in your life Your daddy's not going to be there. You're a grown man. Are y'all hearing me? But yet in the spirit realm, you want me to still wipe your rear end every Sunday. Here you go, baby. Here you go, baby. Baby, baby, I love you, but you know milk is fattening. And I'm and I'm looking at you in the spirit realm. Dada. And you weigh 600 pounds. time to learn how to walk it's time to learn how to talk it's time to learn how to feed yourself it's time to learn how to wipe your own rear end when the world comes in and scares the crap out of you let it flow wipe it get up and go on hello get up here that's all I got today. Look at your neighbor and tell him, wipe your own rear end. Okay. Always wanted to follow that. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So if the ushers will get ready, we're going to be receiving our offering in just a few moments. But while they're coming up and getting ready, just a few very quick reminders. Um, so <laughs> thank you for that departure. Um, so this uh, Wednesday night, we'll be back in Wednesday night classes. I'm so excited for our adult Bible study that we have a guest. His name is John Platt from Refuge, Pastor jo uh, Bo Johnson's church. So adults, please come on out and be a part of that. Of course, The Gap, ages 18 to 25, and also Solid Rock students will be meeting at 630 for our ladies, don't forget, next Monday, the 24th, we'll be having our monthly ladies' lunch at 12 in the gym. So I hope you can be a part of that. Stop by our table. Let us know that you're going to be here that day. And as you know, we're in the season of giving. And this is the big important thing that I wanted to share and remind you. We have so many things going at once, but they are quickly about to be here. So... Our food drive ends next Sunday, so bring those uh, food items in. 
our Operation Christmas Child is going to be coming up just two weeks from today. We'll be doing our box assembly. So I hope you're planning to be a part of that. We'll be just down the road at Pinson um, Palmerdale Methodist Church. And we still need stuffed animals. So if you can bring some stuffed animals in and help us with that, we would very much appreciate that. Um, in 10 days will be our fall festival. It'll be in the gym from uh, 6.30 until 8. I hope you're planning to be a part of that. And for our trip downtown, for our mission Birmingham, that's coming up three weeks from yesterday. And we still need a ton of items to help us with that. So we call this the season of giving for a reason. We are blessing people, helping people, uh, and we want you to be a part of each and every one of those. So we have a table under the balcony. You can let us know. We can count on you. Uh, it takes a lot of people to get these things done, so I hope you are continue, uh, considering being a part of them. And, of course, this week we're praying for Pinson Church of Christ, Nepal, and Wells Fargo. Oh, and Chris Owensley will be here next Sunday, so you don't want to miss that. Yes, yes, yes. If you haven't already uh, paid for and made an appointment for your portraits, you can still do that, uh, doing portraits through the end of this month. All right, so if you all bow your heads, we will get ready to receive your offering. You can bring it up just as soon as we say amen. Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful, wonderful day. Father, the opportunity to come and gather in your name, to receive, to fellowship together. We are so honored. We're so grateful. Now, Father, we ask that you will bless this offering that we are about to receive, that we can continue doing kingdom work. And we thank you, God, for all that you've already done. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You can bring your offering.